0: Welcome to UpcomingHorrorMovie.com's
1: UHM Podcast.
0: Okay, everybody welcome. Welcome back to our fourth episode of the Upcoming Horror Movies UHM Podcast. we get got a very special show today. We're going to be going over everyone's favorite topic, the Hellraiser series. And uh, joining me today, again, we've got my wonderful co-host from over the pond, Mr. Shane Smith. Greetings. How are you today, Shane? I'm all right, actually. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And also joining us, uh, new to the podcast, another guest, um, Mr. Mike Whitmore from over in Chicago. How are you doing, Mike? I'm good. How about you guys? Excellent. It is Whitmore, oh, right? Good. It's not Whitmore? It's Whitmore. It's That's cool. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Glad that
1: you could join us finally, man.
0: Yeah, finally. Yeah, we've been trying to get you on here for a while. Yeah, school work, you know. Yep. You know how it is. So, Mike, you uh, you recently started doing uh, write ups for the uh, I think it's called the Netflix Spotlight on the the main site. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that?
2: Correct. Well, before I would do about four reviews a week. I would just scour Netflix and uh, check out some. Newer horror films that were on there and uh, kind of do a little, couple of reviews for them a week. The last couple of weeks I haven't had a chance to do that because Cole got caught up with me. But uh, starting next week I'll be doing them again, probably about two a week. But I just kind of write up a little something, a couple paragraphs, and just kind of help people decide what they or what they should be able to watch on Netflix. Right. This is
0: pretty much just anything available on Netflix, right? Yeah,
2: I mean anything, you know, any of the horror movies on there, uh, new ones, old ones, doesn't matter. So that, that's, that's pretty, pretty much good. Yeah. yeah, I I have a tough time finding decent horror
0: on Netflix. I feel like every time, like I'll I'll add a couple movies to my list that I'm interested in, and then it's like, oh, you'll be interested in this other pile of shit they give you in your recommended exactly. list. Exactly, and that's what's
2: hard because they'll tell you, you know, you may be able to enjoy this, but it's nothing like. The movie I'm watching now, I've come across a few good movies I've written about on the main site, um, but more often than not, they're all pretty much crap.
0: Yeah. Yep, I hear that. And for anybody wondering why I sound so odd today, it's I got a little bit of a cold, so I'm trying to keep my voice well moistened, um, but it might get deeper as the day goes on. I don't know. Maybe that's good. That's, that's very good. Keep it well more, moistened. <laughs> well, Shane was sharing techniques uh, earlier with how to get his microphone <laughs> deeper down his throat. Yes.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought, look, we promised we were going to keep that quiet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> techniques to some, hobbies to others. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> all right, well,
0: let's get on with our, uh, our topics here. We're going to go over all the Hellraiser films today, or at least we're going to try. We're going to try not ramble on like we usually do. Um, and we got a bunch of them to cut through because they apparently keep churning these things out year after year. The first one, 1987, written and directed by Clive Barker. I think, wasn't that Clive Barker's first directing role? On, uh... I think so, yes. Yeah, I think it was. But anyway, um, the first one's a classic movie. It's It's a horror classic that you know, really created characters and and sort of a mythos that obviously carried on through years and years, but it sort of cemented Pinhead as, like, this classic archetypal, uh, you know, slasher, I mean, not slasher, but, you know, a killer along the lines of Freddy or Jason or Michael Myers, you know, he's right up there with those guys, and I, I feel like that happened right away, it's like, as soon as the movie came out, he was, like, instantly, you know, part of pop culture. Definitely.
2: And for, uh, I would say for good reason. I mean, he's got a cool look to him. It's not a, it's not a common story. It's, you kind of after the first one wanted to see more of them. So I understand the reason for all the sequels.
0: Yeah. And, uh, this one was based off of, um, it was a short story, right, Shane?
1: Well, it's actually a novella, um, oh, no. Hellbound Heart. Yeah. Hellbound Heart. Um, I think that was printed in 1985. And, uh. It had taken a couple of years for it to get off the ground but it was um initially part of the short i think it was initially part of the book of blood or the books of blood okay or there was a short story in the books of blood based on the character of pinhead but he wasn't known as pinhead then he was known as the engineer
0: oh i thought the engineer was a different character i thought that was like the the big monster thing in in part two
1: no that changed it all. Um, from the story, the actual story itself, the engineer was a figure that had a head of um, a glowing, glowing white light, so you didn't actually see his face. Oh, okay. And um, he uh, basically he took charge of the Cenobites themselves, mm-hmm. and Pinhead, as he is now known, um, is essentially a player. He's like a, a character player for the engineer.
0: Gotcha. So, yeah. what was the is the movie similar to the Hellbound Heart story at all or are they entirely different? It, it is
1: it is similar. Um there are different aspects. They've changed a few things for the story or for the film itself. But um the original it's like in the in the film itself where Pinhead is the is the official leader of the Cenobites. In the book it was Butterball. Really? Uh yeah. And um he was described as having stitches for eyes, so they kind of kept his look for the character. And uh, in the in the book itself, Pinhead is described as having a voice like an excited little girl, with a <laughs> high pitched voice. No. So, so um, yeah, there is slightly different <laughs> um, in that aspect. But yeah, it's uh, it's so there are differences um, in the book from the film where in the book... The character julia gets decapitated where in the film she just gets stabbed up and right. uh, taken to hell so yeah it's there are slight variants for, from the film or for the film from the book see
0: you gotta wonder why barker would have changed that i mean it it honestly sounds like a good change you know fixing pinhead's voice and sort of knowing to focus on him as the uh, mm. as the leader but i wonder you know because since he was the one directing and he wrote the script he must have made those decisions, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, partly him and partly the actual film, film company itself. Mm-hmm. Um, because the original title for the film was Hellbound Heart. But the um, the film company themselves thought it sounded too much like a romance novel. So they actually got Barker to change the title of the film. And his original title for it was Salomasochists from Beyond the Grave.
0: Oh, that's right. <laughs>
1: yeah and then they changed they said well they said no and then they went through a few other titles until the straw that broke the camel's back for the film company itself was when the 60 year old production assistant said uh, the title for the film should be what a woman will do for a good fuck and then they actually said no that's it we'll just call the film hellraiser <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was pretty cool actually um is there more than uh, one
2: book on it, or is it just the
1: one? No, just the one. You've just got Hellbound Heart.
0: Well, Pinhead so appears all, in multiple all, stories, though I think, right? Mainly comic books. No, I thought Bradley. I thought Bradley's last book. He's got an ongoing um, series about a, about a detective. I think, right? And wasn't the Oh final... yeah, um, Happy to Right? Wasn't the final book of that that he goes to hell and he meets Pinhead?
1: Yes, yeah, Scarlet Gospels. I've not actually read that yet. Oh, but, okay. um, oh, that is, cool. yeah. I've not read it yet. I do need to get hold of that, but I, I remember um, reading up on that yeah it's um, it's basically finally the death of Pinhead Pinhead eventually dies of it or something hmm. so uh yeah, so it should be quite cool. I want to you know, I do need to get hold of that yeah, and what um, I found, what
0: I find interesting about the first movie is that like f- for somebody that doesn't know anything about the Hellraiser story or what or what's going on in it um, like I showed this movie to a friend of mine last year. He'd never seen any of them. He'd only obviously, he'd seen the cover of the movie and he knew who Pinhead was because, like I said, in pop culture, you know, it's, it's just sort of part of everyday, you know, the mythos of horror movies. But he'd never seen mm-hmm. anything on it. So I sat there and watched the movie with him and he couldn't believe that Pinhead was barely in the movie and and that the movie was entirely focused on, you know, Frank and Julia and and Kirsty, sort of dealing with this, like, trapped in a house scenario of this guy with no skin
1: yeah
2: yeah but i that that movie just does it perfect i i truly believe less is more in that aspect and it's every time he's on screens it's so perfect
0: oh i agree yeah it it, it's one of those movies that and i know i've said this before with day of the dead but like every time i watch the original hellraiser i find something else i like about it even better oh yeah it just gets better each time
2: i can never get sick of that transformation scene with uh with frank Yes. Never. That's one of the best scenes. The music combined with all the makeup, it's just like 10 out of 10 perfect.
1: <laughs> you talk about, you, you mentioned about the soundtrack actually, Mike, but uh, the original soundtrack was done by an industrial band called Coil. And, really? um, yeah, and the soundtrack album itself remains unreleased. Well, I say remains unreleased. You can actually pick it up um, online um, as part of... Uh, the unnatural history 2 smiling in the face of perversity by coil which is a compilation album and you can actually get it on youtube um unreleased themes of hellraiser and they're worth checking out it's very unnerving very uh, very unsettling that's disturbing. awesome i never knew that yeah that's so yeah. cool yeah so, and it is it is a good soundtrack i mean obviously i i do love my industrial music i listen yeah. to it quite a lot so um coil are one of those innovative bands from the 80s or from the late 70s and the 80s and they've done lots of other stuff but um it was this was the first soundtrack work that they ever did um you could probably buy it on vinyl but you're looking to pay about 90 pounds for it
0: good lord um
1: and they paid i, I think it was a limited edition 10 inch vinyl um and it had all nine tracks on it so, Sounds
2: like
1: it's worth picking it up, though. Yeah. I mean, if I could get a hold of it, I would. Yeah. But 90, 90 quid is a bit excessive. So it's going to be the case of uh, trusty old downloads, I think. Yeah. <laughs> gotta,
0: gotta do what you gotta do.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's a great album. It's a great piece of work as well, and it fits the film perfectly. So um, as with the soundtrack that you get with the film, I mean, it's a great soundtrack anyway. It's very atmospheric. Yeah. So it's worth it. It is worth um getting hold of if you can
2: yeah the, uh, I had a google ninety foot of American money
1: and uh it was uh,
2: it's hundred and twenty seven bucks for the vinyl, <laughs> but if it's uh you know if it's as good it, i mean you can obviously listen to it beforehand on youtube
1: so. oh yeah, hundred and twenty seven bucks that so works out i think it has it must be about yeah it's about ninety pounds
0: so but anyway on the on the first film, I love you know that it's It's claustrophobic almost because the house, you're trapped in the house the entire time, but it's not like they're trapped as in they can't get out. They're trapped because that's where they live. And there's like this secret upstairs that they don't know what's going on. And, you know, you've got like Julia just coconutting fools with a claw hammer and Frank sucking up all the blood. And I'm not really quite sure how exactly it works. I know he needs the blood to
2: rebuild his body somehow. I mean, they kind of go, not, not in a, a lot of detail, but, like, in the second one, they show it a lot more, of them, like, penetrating the body and, like, sucking the life from people. So it's just, I think I agree, like, it's, they, they're trapped in it as they they keep having to go back to the house. Right. They keeps calling to them, in a way.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's, they, they, Frank is taking the nutrients from the bodies in order to sustain himself i think that's how it works yeah the whole penetration with the or killing people and draining the blood but it's the nutrients that he takes that they need in order to survive to reform themselves right but it makes sense <laughs> yeah
0: it, it's just a great concept and i mean I think, no. I think the problem i have if i have any problem with the second one part two is that it's too much like the first and that the first did it so well with frank and they basically repeated the exact
2: same storyline, but with Julia in Frank's place. Yeah, and then they kind of summed it up. Like, the whole first movie, you know, it took a while for Frank to, you know, get back to the way he used to be. And in the sequel, I know that they kind of didn't want to spend a lot of time on it. But it's just like, snap her fingers and she's kind of back. Yeah, right.
1: Well, this, the films, the first two films were initially meant to be back-to-back, from what I understand. Um, the way they were filmed of Kirsty going into the mental institution and... Yeah, it's Bitty. it's
2: a pretty great sequel because it goes directly into it. Which oh I, yeah, yeah, it's one of my. I favorite wish they sequels. had Andrew Robinson in it, but I mean, obviously, he, I don't think he wanted to do it or something.
1: Yeah, he refused to do his role. He refused to um, play the character again. Really? Yeah. I wonder why. I can't. You know, I can't remember what it was. Um, I did look it up earlier on, but basically, all I could find was that he essentially refused to play his character again. And I know they had to do and,
2: some heavy rewrites to it as
1: well because of that. Yeah, and because of that, it's slightly muddled. It has a slightly muddled um, storyline to it, but essentially it is a great film.
2: Oh, um, it's fantastic. I think the, yeah. um, the, the uh, what's his name, the scientist in the sequel?
1: Oh, the Doctor, uh, what's his face?
2: Yeah, the, yeah, when he, I mean, the Cenobite form is just
1: absolutely
2: fantastic.
1: He is awesome. He is yeah, awesome.
2: That's like the the most epic Cenobite there ever was. The yeah, moment. I like the whole trip through hell too. Like it's not oh, yeah.
0: it's not your traditional Judeo Christian hell, but you really you expect that from Clive Barker, you know? It's yeah. this yeah. like weird industrial, like gothic and empty.
2: It's so, it's so cool looking. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very empty. I mean, especially when you like when they go kind of like quote unquote outside. You know, and there's just a vast nothingness with just this giant pillar in the middle. It's just so ridiculous and it's just so cool. I mean I, that's just another thing I love about like those older horror movies. It kind of you look at it now and you may think it's goofy, but you got to think of it from the you know director's point of view and it's this vast world that you're just you just don't know anything about. It's just very cool in that aspect.
0: yeah. yeah, I used mm-hmm. to but actually yeah. I used to be of the mind that uh, part two was better than part one. But I changed. Actually, I, I changed my mind again.
1: I, do you know what? it's funny you say that? I actually think I still think part two is better than part one. Really? But I must be in the yeah. I think I, it, I must be in the minority of that one. I mean, they're both great films. They are, but I think two is better because it takes you into the depths of hell. And they're it's close. Whole, yeah, it's just everything about it. I just love it. It's darker. It's grittier.
0: It is darker. That's definitely life. true
2: for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, everything about that film, it's like seeing the return of the, all the characters from the first film was kind of cool as well.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, when, when I first yeah. saw Hellraiser 2, I was so surprised Julia was in it again, or the, the yeah, actor yeah. who played Julia. And I just, because I, I'm so used to, you know, one horror movie comes out and the next one comes out there's just completely new people. And the fact that I, like even everybody was, almost came back for it is right. mind-boggling to me.
1: Yeah, it's surprising that she actually came back, um, Claire Higgins. Yeah. Because she she um, is, she actually hated making the first movie. She went on record because she hates horror movies, <laughs> and um, she didn't want to do it in the first place. But when she was like the last person they could they could get hold of, she was like, "Oh, okay, I'll do it." And um, it's gone. She's gone on record. Basically, to say at the premiere of Hellraiser, she had to walk out after ten minutes because she freaked out in the middle of the audience. That's awesome. Yeah, so um, to get her back for the sequel was kind of cool actually, um, and it was nice. And I loved her character in that because she's just a sadistic bitch. Yeah. Oh, she's
2: terrible, and it's she's just awesome. she plays the perfect bitch.
1: Yeah, she's yeah.
2: she's like
0: the true monster in the movies. Definitely, she really
1: is. Yeah, but it's I loved I loved the scene. In the house with the bloody mattress, when Doctor Chenard he's got um, the patient on the bed and he pulls off the straight jacket yeah. and he's cutting it himself because he sees all the maggots and he's cutting it, in, cutting his chest open, in his arms, spilling blood everywhere, and then Julia just erupts from the, from the mattress and just consumes him. And you're like, "Fuck!" That's actually, yeah. I think that is actually one of my favourite scenes in the whole film.
2: Hellraiser <clears throat> tends to do that. I mean, both movies. Even the second one with, with that part just kind of gives you a cringe worthy effect. For me, the first mm. one is when he's moving the mattress and he yeah. hits that nail in the wall. Every time I see that, no matter how many times I see Hellraiser, that still gives me goosebumps. Because it's just, <laughs> oh, man, it's just so cringy. And both yeah, because we,
1: well. we can all relate. We can all relate to something like that. We've Absolutely. all done injuries like that. And it just brings back memories. Yep. But aren't very nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um yeah, it's it's great great effects. Really great effects for the time. Oh that's, yeah. yeah that's, As well. that's
2: fantastic effects.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah, like, that's something so, you don't even uh, see nowadays. Like especially any movie that you would see in a movie theater, you're not gonna see great practical effects like that. And they're no. shot in a way that it's front and center. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like yep. now if they're doing <laughs> practical effects, everything's sort of like it's on the side or it's real quick. It's like a flash, but in Hellraiser, it's just blatant front and center. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like Some of the effects from the first film, I think it was the last scene, one of the last scenes where I think it's when Frank is decomposing when he's, or when he's being ripped apart. Mm -hmm. Clive Barker and the assistant basically did all those scenes. I think it was all the animation that they did. They did it in 48 hours under the influence of a lot of alcohol. Wow. and he actually insisted—he actually insisted on doing it himself because no one else could do it right. <laughs> and he—he th- he then went on record and turned around and said, "You don't believe the amount of alcohol we drank throughout that weekend, and then how much we got done." But apparently, there's more—more more stuff for that um, lurking around. Um, and going back to Hellraiser Two, it's uh, the actual effects in that. I think. They're a lot better than number one. They're a lot cleaner, if you see what I mean.
0: Yeah, they probably had a bigger um, budget. I'm, I'm just talking out of my ass yeah. there. I don't know that that's true or not. Just, well,
1: well, they made a lot more money with the second Hellraiser than they did with the first, which would probably warrant why they decided to do more sequels. Right. But there are four different cuts for Hellraiser 2. It's four different versions. Obviously, you've got the, the theatrical cut which is 88 minutes. And then there's two different extended cuts, one at 97 and one at 99 minutes. And the shortest cut is 78 minutes. Um, 78.
0: Wow. Yeah. What is it like a made for TV version?
1: I don't know. I don't know. But in the UK, we got, um, when it was first released in 1988, I think it was, um, they, uh, they actually issued it on VHS with the shorter cut. The 78 um, minute? No, the 88 minute. Oh. But then it was only after that when they decided to bring out the longer cuts. So 97 minutes, 99 minutes. Um, but uh, I think it was actually the DVD and the Blu-ray version, the new version, which has all the cuts intact,
0: hmm.
1: um, in- including the, um, the surgery scene.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, like the one where, uh, like, kind of in the beginning of Hellraiser two.
1: I think so, yeah. Or he's like going I'm...
2: inside the, the woman's head.
1: Yeah, possibly. Because I know they filmed it, and it was supposed to be on the special features of one of the discs. I
2: gotta pick that up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. See, see, I've got the, I've got the configuration box edition, mm-hmm. which has got three films and. Um, the extra disc—I can't remember what's on the extra disc. It's been a while since I've looked at it. Um, but uh, it's like none of the none of the deleted scenes are on those, so it's obviously the newer Blu-ray edition that has all that on there.
0: Yeah, I, mm. I've got old DVD versions of all of them. Um, mm. So I, I know I probably don't have the uh, the greatest one. I've been thinking of upgrading at least one, two, and three. <clears throat> I know they have a, they, they have the, the Lament configuration box like that, but there's also just a regular uh, three-part release that has the Blu-rays on them, so maybe I was thinking of picking that up.
1: Okay, see, it's quite funny how I came about getting that uh, box set. Um, I think it was last year, or the year before, a friend of mine who lives in London says, I've got a gift for you. Um, it's the Hellraiser box set. I was like, okay. And then he explains to me how his girlfriend picked it up in a charity shop so she got it second hand she thought it was a jewellery box
0: oh my god
1: (laughs) and then she basically took it home didn't really opened it up because it fell folded out and she was like what the hell is this oh i don't (laughs) like horror movies can you she gave it to her to my friend romek and said here you go i don't watch these and then he said i've got to lock up this box there for you she thought it was a jewellery box and was going to throw it away
0: (laughs) it's amazing (laughs) that's awesome (laughs)
1: Yeah, so uh, that's how I got that, and well, I think it was last year when I went to London, he just gave it to me, and I just looked at his girlfriend and said, a jewellery box, really?
0: That's like the start of a horror <laughs> movie right there. Some girl goes yeah, it sounded a, She like goes it. into a charity <laughs> shop and goes, well, this is a nice box, and take it home, and it's, a, it's the lament configuration. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's
0: so funny. Good uh, so that,
1: that's, that was pretty cool, that. That's funny. But yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, 1 and 2 are both absolute classics, and pretty much yes. nice everybody should watch them. With yeah. any horror fan. If you're listening to this, you should be watching Hellraiser 1 and 2, right now. Definitely, Back to especially, back.
1: Yeah, especially if you're a Clive Barker fan and his early work. it's uh, Yeah, you need to watch it, mm-hmm. most definitely.
0: So on to Part 3. Part 3 has a, a soft spot in my heart. It's, it's just, it's a plain slasher, almost. There's no great intrigue. There's no, like, thought. It's just mindless killing. And it's not terrible, though. I enjoy it, and it's, it's a little cheesy, but I, I love it. Like, I think it's one of those movies that, it's sort of like Jaws 3. I know it's terrible, but I'm going to sit there and watch it anyway and have a good time.
1: I think everybody can say the same thing, really, because Hellraiser 3 is not the greatest um, movie, all told. Although... It does have a Kick, up, kick Ass soundtrack. Yes, and yes, it does. some of the deaths, of, yeah, some of the deaths in it are pretty cool. Um, and I still say my favorite death in that is uh, the guy with the CDs. <laughs> yeah, that's just fucking. That's awesome. <laughs> See that one? Got,
0: that got ruined for me because I remember, I remember um, that kids' movie Three Ninjas. They have the same thing: a guy throwing three CDs like their are discs, but just, just Hellraiser. They <laughs> oh. stick in them. <laughs>
2: oh. I, I I enjoyed 3. I I liked the beginning. I dug the metal, but then the end it just to me it got a little goofy oh. cuz hell cuz Pinhead yeah. just starts going nuts. He just yeah. like he just loses it and he just becomes I don't know, it's it kind of turned more into a comedy a little bit and that I wasn't really prepared for first time I saw Actually, it.
1: I think it was uh unintentionally funny.
2: Because I, I know in, in in Hellraiser 2 at the end, when uh, Channard becomes the Cenobite, he mm. speaks only in puns. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the only thing he mm. says. But in Hellraiser 3, all the Cenobites speak in puns. like And it's just like, I just can't get over it. That's kind of eye-rolling moments every time they spoke. Yeah, I, th-
0: I think they were trying yeah. to Freddy Krueger pinhead. They were trying to turn him into, like, you know a wise yeah, character that, that, that does things but i do love the church scene where pinhead goes into the church yep. and he's like yes. he's like i am the way this is my body and blood like if you're catholic and you watch that you're like oh my god this is yeah, amazing
2: that's
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: raised a nice catholic boy myself i could say that that, that always stuck in my
1: head uh, see that see i think that's one of my favorite scenes oh well. yeah yeah it's just great it's like Pinhead goes and desecrates the church, and basically says, you're fucked. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's, uh, I mean, they kind of really, uh, each movie, I, I also think that in Hellraiser 3, though, they kind of lost the tone that the first two had. Yes. They. I mean, the, the first two had this just really dark, morbid tone to it, and then Hellraiser 3 is a little more upbeat. And yeah. I just, I don't know, it's a, little, it's a little different for me. I don't hate the movie. It's something I'm not used to, I guess, from watching yeah. the first two.
1: Yeah, I think a... it is a bit of a shocker, really, when, you, when you're when you used to watching the dark and the horror from the first yep. two movies, and then you get number three, and you're like, oh, is this a comedy? Um, But uh, it's it's also got a couple of cameos in it, number three. Yep. Um, Zach Galligan from Gremlins and Waxwork, actually plays um, a corpse. Um, he's one of the guys who gets impaled with a pearl cue in um, the boiler room massacre.
2: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So that was pretty cool, actually. Um, and it's also the first film where Pinhead is, is named Pinhead, um, or he's called Pinhead by name in the film.
2: And I just love the look that he gives her after <laughs> yes. calls him that he's like what
1: <laughs> yeah that's brilliant it is brilliant but i think let's face it everybody loves it simply because well the soundtrack anyway oh yeah simply it's really much like an armored
2: it. saints playing the uh yeah the concert <laughs> yeah it's i think
1: i think for me it's obviously motorhead um of course lemmy yep yeah lemmy um let me be praised um you know, it's because uh, that track itself was co-written by Ozzy Osbourne mm-hmm. and was recorded by Ozzy for the No More Tears album. So it's uh, for me, it's kind, of, it's cool actually. Just listening to the soundtrack and just reminiscing. Um, well, well, actually, while watching the film itself and just chuckling along at some of the humour.
2: Yeah. Metal and horror movies go hand in hand.
1: Yeah, but let's face it, right? Come on. Cenobites, Do they not look like the most metal fucking band? Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> I think they could give Guar a run for their money. Yeah, it Fuck looks like it, they eh? came out of the concert
1: that <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of kind of like metal meat Goth Yep, in, with, with a bit of sm thrown in.
2: Yeah. That's that's pretty perfect actually.
1: <laughs>
2: so yeah,
0: Hellraiser yeah. 3, it's you know, it's fun. There's dumb killing. And it's not nearly as in depth or as interesting, I think, as the first two movies.
1: Yeah, yeah, so. I'd have to agree with that. So,
0: yeah,
2: that's that's definitely.
0: Let's go on to four, and this is where the uh, Hellraiser series starts to take a, a major slide into the shit pool. Um, this is also where they stopped numbering them, and I, I'm I'm wondering why they're like, you know, we we don't want people to know this is the fourth or. or... Like, what's the, the thought behind that? Because at the time, like, this one came out in 96, and I think they were still cranking out, you know, like, numbers of most series. You know, the screams were popular then. Um, but they decided just to call this Hellraiser Bloodline. And they they kind of did a, a thing similar to what they did in Part 2, where they went back in time and, and did some, like, background stuff, and then they went mm-hmm. forward in time. Only they went way forward <laughs> they went into space.
2: Yeah, I think the the year takes place in like twenty
1: one thirty six.
0: Yes, something yeah, wild. Right. So it, yeah. it, when it goes when they're back in the past, they're describing um, how the lament configuration was designed and built, and how this like um, oh what would you he's like he's like a sadist that that hires um, what was the guy's name Lamarck? I'm yeah, uh, John Merchant.
2: I believe.
0: Oh merchant. Yeah, that's it. To do yeah, the yeah. uh to do the design of it. And he builds the first Lament configuration and then the guy opens up hell and calls forth a demon, but it's it's not like, you know, one of the Cenobites. It's just a demon that takes over a woman's body. Yep. And the, the interesting part about this is that this movie was not I don't I don't know that this movie was written for Hellraiser. Like I I feel like it could work as a movie, just about like the uh, the Angelique demon, you know.
2: Yeah, I, I like the fact that it, it takes a lot of focus on Angelique. To be honest with you, because she seems more powerful that way. Well, she's like the first Cenobite.
1: Wasn't this it, the first? Fa- wasn't this the first film that they actually um, that they did without any of the characters in mind? Um, like no Pinhead. I think it wasn't it. Rewritten to have Pinhead in it.
0: See, I couldn't find that, but it it feels like it to me. They they stay When I yeah. looked up and I saw that the the fifth one, Inferno, was the first one of the movies that was written without Pinhead, and he
1: was just stuck ah. in it. Oh right, okay.
2: But this one though still has the feel like Pinhead's in the background. Like there was this one scene where he's just feeding his dog bones, like he had nothing to do. <laughs> he was just twiddling his thumbs in a room somewhere, and I just I don't know I. I kind of like four more than three, in my opinion, because really? it, it, it had a little bit of that tone back from the first two. It wasn't as goofy, except that twin uh, the scene with the the twin cops. Oh my god! <laughs> They're just kind of going back and forth. That was pretty. That was pretty bad.
0: That was. Dumb. But I I don't I kind
2: of like four more than three.
0: I don't know. I get I get really distracted when I see uh, Adam Scott as like the assistant. Oh my to god! Duke when I Wisconsin. saw him. I was like, this is, I, I
2: did not remember that when I first saw that. I'm like, Ben I'm Wyatt? Like, why is Ben Wyatt yeah. summoning a sex demon? The only thing I remember, as soon as I saw him in this, I just rem- uh, remembered him in Stepbrothers going, I haven't had a carb since 2003. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think about. But yeah, I, I don't know. It was a fun movie. Yeah, it, it's absolutely yeah, it's watchable. It. Yeah, yeah,
1: I, I, I have just, seen it, it was, uh,
2: Really, much the uh, the history of the, the box and everything, and how everything came to be. It was just pretty cool the way that they set it up, and it was I thought it was well written. It didn't completely go off the rails. I mean, in this universe, it made sense.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. This was also the last one that went to movie theaters. So yes, pre- after this, it was pretty much all downhill straight to uh, straight to VHS
1: or DVD. Straight to DVD classics. <laughs>
0: yeah. Why well, don't they have DVD back then, but they were coming out somewhere. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, actually, DVDs first, um, we first got DVDs back in 96. Who did? I thought it was no, a little they, later than that. Really? I thought yeah. it was 96. Well,
0: I thought it was around 99. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, maybe the technology was around, but nobody was buying
1: them. I think you might be right then. I am old after all. Um <laughs> I think it might be right, because I can always remember a friend of mine getting Event Horizon on DVD, but he had to order it from the States, Ah, so I'm just trying to think, because there's a couple of DVDs that I managed to get over the years um, that I had to get ordered from the States before, the, before DVDs became really popular and quite cheap in the UK, because mm-hmm. when, you, when you were buying DVDs in the UK when they first came out, they were about £25, so the price has come down a hell of a lot.
2: Oh, yeah, I mean, same thing with Blu-rays. Yeah. I mean, now, I mean, yeah. before when they first came out, they were like $40 or $50, yeah. and now they're, like, you know, bargained in. Yeah, but I'd I, I buy four on, on DVD or Blu-ray. I like the gore in it. For 96, the gore is pretty pretty good. And the CGI that they're, the quote CGI in there, is so little. It's just like a blood splatter. Wait here, a second. And it's like, well, did you, did what? you see the twins merging together? Okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, like, when they're, when they're merging together, they kind of did it up close with the practical effects, which I liked, because it kind of, you imagine it. When they're coming apart in the end, oh my that's, god. that's when things are getting a little, little much. But for the most part, the gore is pretty cool.
1: I have to say, the merging scene reminded me a lot of the film The Society.
2: Oh my god, that's a good movie. I've never seen that, actually.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen that for a long time, but yeah, it's a great, it's a great film. If you can get a hold of it, Mike, do it. It's, um, who's in, is it Billy Warlock who was in, um, Baywatch? I think that was his first foray into movies outside of Baywatch.
0: Yeah, I think he might be right. Yeah. Yeah, I love and, Society. Uh, That's a, it's a Brian Usna movie. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking it up now. I need
2: to watch that. Yeah, he's,
0: you know, a reanimator and, uh... Yep. And all the Bride of Reanimator and From Beyond and all those other great movies. Um but yeah, oh, that's so it's such a weird movie. It's like gross.
2: <laughs> it's got a pretty,
1: pretty high cool. rating
2: on IMDB
0: too. Yeah. Six point six
1: Yeah.
0: It's worth watching. It's a great eighties movie. When you watch it, you're gonna feel like it's nineteen eighty three all over again. Like <laughs> everybody's wearing pastels, the people are driving around in these old cars. it's it's, it's so eighties, it's great. That's fantastic. All right, let's get back to the to the series here. So we <laughs> – in, Inferno, we're okay. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was Bloodline. Now we're on Inferno. This is part five. And this one, I know they wrote this movie without any of the Cenobites or Pinhead or the Hellraiser attached to it. It was written as, like, an entirely different movie, and then they couldn't get it made, and they're like, oh, we'll stick Pinhead in, and and then, oh, okay, great. It's a Hellraiser movie. Now we'll make it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it, I liked Inferno a lot. I, I as did I. I thought Inferno was an interesting one. Um, yeah, it it has like a lot of time shifting and repeating scenes and stuff in it. But I, I like that. It it sort of makes you wonder. Like you're trying to put the puzzle pieces together in your own head.
1: Yeah, you guys you guys are gonna have to refresh my memory of this because I can't. I I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but I can't remember the story of it.
0: Okay, so here's what happens. There's um, th- this guy is sort of like a dirty cop. Like, he's, he's a cop. Mike Sheffer. Yep. Yes.
1: Yeah, I have seen it then, yeah.
0: And, uh, yeah, you know, he's he's going through his life, but all these weird things keep happening to him, and he's involved in this investigation of the serial killer known as the Engineer. And he's, right. he's trying to track down this Engineer and figure out what's going on, and eventually he gets hold of a lament configuration... And he's going back and forth trying to, trying to see, you know, exactly what happened. And there's flashbacks to him with his wife and his kid. And then he's banging a hooker. And then it's, you know, it's kind of all over the place in terms of the order of events. But, but eventually right. everything starts to spiral out of control. And, uh, and you know, he has to piece together what it, who the engineer is and, um, you know, what's happening to him.
1: Wasn't there something to do with his wife and child being murdered in it as well? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Well, he doesn't
0: remember I, that at first. That sort of comes later on in the movie. That yeah, yeah, it's something to do with him.
2: I'm not going to go into detail, obviously, but the, the the ending is is pretty awesome. Because if for some reason I've only I've only seen it one time, so I don't really remember it too much, but I. I think the ending always sticks out to me. I always remember it here and there. It's just being so damn morbid and just so, just like heavy. Oh yeah, it was just pretty, I just I love that.
0: Yeah, I, I get yeah. this one. I'd... I get this one mixed up with uh, Hellseeker Part Six a lot. They they share a really similar, you know, this just sort of the overall plot is similar in the two of them of people piece trying to piece together what's happening to them. But I think I like Inferno a little better. Inferno had a really good
1: story to it. Okay, Inferno was definitely the last film I saw. That was definitely the last Hellraiser movie I watched. <laughs> <laughs> you just mentioned Hellseeker and I'm like, what the fuck? Hellseeker? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, but yeah.
0: Man. So yeah, um I would recommend people to watch Inferno. I don't think it's a it's a good movie, and it's certain like when you look back at the Hellraisers and you look at how good one and two are, and three is fun, and you know four is decent. Five is another step down. I think I don't I don't think it's better than any of those above it.
2: No, it's it's different, but it's not better. So,
0: so yeah, check it out, maybe or not, you know. Either way, um, but <laughs> next is Hellseeker. And like I said, Hellseeker is similar along the storyline. The guy's not a cop, but he might as well be. He's like works for an insurance company or something, but he's like the tough guy at the insurance company and like has like girls that he's banging on. Every woman in in this entire movie is trying to bang this guy, like the whole thing. And he's played by Mr. Mayhem from those TV commercials (laughs) in letters (laughs) a.k.a. Uh, Mariska Hargitay's boyfriend on SVU. Also, he's in uh, Oz.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, See, what's it? Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I've seen Oz, but I have no clue who you run about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, may- it's, uh, it, it's a commercial. Exactly. I don't know if you have it in, in, uh, in the UK. He's like a guy that's, uh, he represents some bad thing, mayhem. He's just a guy in a suit. No. And he's he'll be like, uh, I'm I'm the 30 pounds of snow that's on top of your garage that you didn't shovel off. And then, like, he breaks through the garage and destroys the car below. And he's like, good thing you have Allstate, And, you know, you could cover mayhem like me. And it's it's but they're just there's every commercial is him, you know, doing some nonsense like that.
1: No, never heard of it. (laughs) No,
2: (laughs) they're pretty pretty funny, I think. Yeah, they're amusing.
1: Yeah, you might have to YouTube me some links.
0: Yeah, those don't <laughs> be hard. I'll tell you, you what be- I'm not that. doing. I'm not Googling yeah. Allstate commercial, so I'm, I don't I don't need that in my search records or add it to my YouTube yeah. playlists.
2: <laughs> oh, you you found that interesting? Here's 30 other videos yeah. you
1: won't watch. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so
0: anyway,
2: yeah, this this movie's got lots of
0: hallucinations, weird sexual situations with every woman throwing themselves at him. The really interesting part about this is that Kirsty is in it. Yep. And she is? Yes. She plays this guy's wife. Or I mean it's the actress playing Kirsty again. And she plays she plays his wife. And the overall I mean not to spoil anything for you because the movie kind of sucks, but the sort of the overall thing is this guy's a real scumbag and he's off banging all these women and he wants to torture slash kill his wife and he gives her a lament configuration and she obviously knows what it is because it's kirsty and she's like why would you do this to me and then a bunch of different events happens and again it's it's not played in a linear fashion you know the movie bounces around and explains events at different times but right. it all pieces together in the end, and it's it it's a cohesive story at the end of the day. Everything makes sense. But it was I don't know it was okay. The
2: one thing I, I d- I've seen it, I don't remember
0: any of it. Yeah, right. The one thing I did like about this movie, and it's it's cool to see, is that Doug Bradley plays the old merchant that sells the lament configuration. So that's pretty cool. I kind of li- I kind of like that. Like you're like oh he's you know. It's it's Pinhead obviously, and he's giving him the key to the you know the access to the hell to the uh, hell world, and uh, yeah, I, I just like the idea of him playing that role. I think that's a cool thing to do. All hmm.
2: well, yeah, altogether, cool. I never knew that.
0: not super worth watching.
2: But on to the seventh one. Seventh one, I have never seen. Okay, I was looking it up now. I I did not see that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> this one is this one's called Deader. D-E-A-D-E-R.
0: It's like hard to say. Hellraiser Deader. Um, <laughs> it, it stars Carrie Ware. We're, I can't say her name either. <laughs> Who is super hot, obviously. And she does some nudity in it, so that's good too. Perfect. Hey. But the overall like plot that. of this is, so she plays like this reporter for, like, um, you know, like a tabloid magazine or something or other TV show, tabloid something. And they, his, her boss sends her over to investigate this group of like um, death worshippers. They're like Euro trash, death cult type thing. And, he, and there's video of this one guy resurrecting a girl from the dead after she shoots herself in the head. So mm. they send Carrie, Carrie Weir over here to investigate it. And she goes over to Europe and she's got to deal with these people and people are killing themselves. And it's got something to do with a lament configuration. And she doesn't know what... And then in the middle of the movie, um, she wakes up with a butcher knife through her chest. Like the back of the knife, the back of the handle is on her back, and the blade is coming like right out in between her tits. <laughs> and she wakes up covered in blood, and she doesn't know where it came from. She's just there with this knife sticking through her, and she's like trying to deal with it in, in her house. It got it got insane, but um, the movie is inconsistent in both tone and like,
2: what the hell is going on? You're, tr-
0: you're like, I still not even positive on what happens on this thing.
2: All I know what is I it, did read was it was being, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, like no, that's it, okay, go ahead. it was filmed back to back or what? Like simultaneously with hell. Wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. That's what I, re- that's what I read maybe i mean because that's that maybe why it's so jumbled cuz hellworld is a piece of shit i mean i'll but, tell you
0: this though hellworld you know was written about hellraiser like those the characters and the plot it was written for hellraiser yeah the that's this true. this movie might not have been again it's one of those movies that like every now and then you see a little bit of pinhead and then he shows up at the end and clears everything up and then that's the end of the movie yeah that's pretty bad but it's something yeah, oh, and they also stuck in this thing where the guy who's who's doing the resurrecting that this this cult is all worshipping this one guy who can bring people back from the dead. <clears throat> He's apparently an ancestor of Le Merchant, you know, the guy that designed the Lament configuration. But they okay. they just stuck that in for no reason.
2: It's kind guy just gloss over it. Just, it's, it's it's a one a huge plot point in it's one of the movies. A one line thing
0: it. at the end of the movie Somebody calls this guy. He says like, "Oh, you're you're related to the toy maker." Which, unless you watched Inferno, you wouldn't know what that meant. Or not Inferno, the uh, Bloodlines. You wouldn't know what that meant. So, did he say that and then wink at the camera? He might as well have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, sounds kind of like a rehash of number three as well, um... with the reporter and.
0: I, it it doesn't mm-hmm. get that feeling. You know what this kind of feels like. I mean, I'm not sure what what year this came out, but it, it the movie felt like it was going for a tone similar to um, uh, what's that Roman Polanski movie where he's trying to find the book, The Ninth Gate. Where you ever see that movie? Oh right. Um, I think well, I think is Johnny Depp in that? Is that who that Johnny is? Johnny Depp. Yeah. Yeah, he goes, over, yeah, to, he, he goes yeah. over to Europe and there's like these weird cults and he's trying to figure out what's going on. It sort of has that like dark, weird Eastern European cult thing going on. But it's obviously not good, whereas the ninth gate is good.
2: Yeah, this but, was made in two thousand five. Okay, yeah, so that's, oh, World that's also that's came way out after the ninth point. gate. So maybe they're trying to shoot for that type of tone. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe they're trying to just capitalize
0: on it. Yeah, but I, I don't recommend people watch it because I've this is now I think the second or third time I've watched it and I still don't know exactly what happened in it.
2: The the Hellraiser
0: movies kinda of <laughs> go down that oh yeah. Especially yeah. when we get <laughs> to number eight,
2: Hellworld.
1: Oh man <laughs>
2: You know, I, I watched Hellworld the first time a few weeks ago and I actually did a review on it as part of the Netflix spotlight. So it's kinda of fresh in my mind. And as a gamer, I'm enraged. Yes. At this, at this, at this film because it's so fucking stupid. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It's based off like they're playing this giant RPG, this uh, MMORPG, RPG, and you know they solve the puzzle box in the game, so they go to this giant party. Um, Lance Henriksen owns the house, and it's just one thing after another. But I do like Lance Henriksen in it. It looks like he's having a lot of fun. Yeah, I love Lance Henriksen. But this may be his worst movie, and I've watched a lot of his bad movies. Yeah, I would say it's his worst movie, too. The The people in it, though, what's her name? Catherine Winnick? Uh, maybe?
0: She's, oh, I just closed that
2: window. <laughs> she's, pretty, uh, she's pretty up there. And it's, it's, it's easy to watch because of that. Yeah. But, I mean, and it's also pretty funny because Henry Cavill's in it. Or Cavill? Yes, yeah, Superman. Superman now? <laughs> so it's just weird seeing him get a blowjob oh, in I a know. Hellraiser film. I, was, I never was... thought I'd say that before, but Superman gets a blowjob in a
0: Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you said it easy to watch. I, I literally fell asleep watching this at least six times, and my <laughs> girlfriend was going to. I fell asleep six nights in a row trying to watch this. I thought she was going to kill me because I'd have to, like, keep going back to the same spot because I would fall asleep instantly. (laughs) I just, I found this movie completely tiresome. And the party, like, what, who has a party like this? This is like this mythical 90s party that people invent that there's like this, oh, there's this huge old house and there's. 30 bars inside this house and then there's a rave section and then, but downstairs that's where the morgue is. Like what is this place supposed to be? All those parties
2: that apparently exist in movies that I've never even heard about going to in real life. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's really there. Like you said from a a prior Hillraiser film, I think Penhead and the Cenobites were an afterthought completely in this film. It's, it's based on it, but Penhead shows up for about three minutes total. Yeah. And it's just pretty disappointing. He just was comes that, in and he's like, "Hey, you know, you're going to hell," and you know that's pretty <laughs> much it. I believe he actually said those lines
1: though. So. Oh, well, holy fuck! <laughs> oh. that the, was that the last film that? No, that it did? was not. No? I'm mean, joking. <laughs> so
0: now on to maybe my favorite to talk about of the series: <clears throat> Hellraiser Revelations, and uh, number nine. This is number yep. nine. Oh God. So this movie was made similar to the last Fan4Stick movie in that the studio made it just to keep the Hellraiser um, rights so that they could keep making Hellraisers. If they didn't make this movie, they wouldn't have been able to keep the rights. So they cranked out the fucking smelliest turd you've ever seen in your life. This is one of the worst movies of all time. I would
2: say so, easily.
0: Like, to describe this, how bad this is, Hell World was really, really, really bad. Revelations is ten times worse. It's just oh, its wow.
2: nearly unwatchable. Hell World is Citizen Kane compared to Hellraiser <laughs> Revelations.
1: Whoa, whoa.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I actually watched this movie twice. Because yeah. the first time I watched it by myself, and I'm like, this sucks. And it sucks so much that I need to show all my friends how much it sucks. <laughs> so I watched it twice, and while I was watching it, you cannot tell the difference between the teenagers, I'm going to quote teenagers here, and their parents, because yes! they all look the same age. Yes! And it just doesn't make any sense. And the guy who plays Pinhead, they used a guy to play Pinhead, obviously, but a different guy to voice him. And it looks so oh. stupid. Yeah,
0: and they... um. He has more lines in this than Pinhead does in the last two Hellraiser movies put together.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: But but they're terrible. It's it's unbelievable. The best part about this movie, the best part is that it's 75 minutes long. Why? <laughs>
1: 75 minutes you'll never get back
0: no yeah, yeah. No, never never. I, <laughs> this is the second time i watched it i watched it again for this podcast but i tell you what i had i had a hilarious time watching it just for how bad the movie is and like none of the story <laughs> makes any sense at all these two teenage kids go to mexico because reasons and one of them is like a, a psychotic who they're hitting on, like, a stripper or a club girl, and then the one, the, the good, quote-unquote, good kid likes the girl, but then the bad kid ends up banging her in the bathroom, and the good kid passes out from, like, being too drunk, and then he wakes up on the bathroom floor, I assume of this club, and the girl is dead, and the guy's covered in blood, and he's like, what happened? I don't know, it's, you know, maybe <laughs> she maybe she fell or something, and that's that's the entire explanation of what happened. They move on, and Quiet. that's it. Where are they the next... We've all been there. Where are they the next day? Yeah. They're in another fucking club drinking beer, trying to pick up girls. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. If, like, your friend killed, like, this random chick, (laughs) would you still be hanging out in Mexico,
2: going to bars? I I just love the IMDb page, where there's a character, and her her name in the movie is Mexican Girl. That's the one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. It gets so it's so and then most of the movies. So like like some Hellraisers, you know, that's sort of the past part that's taking place in the past. And half of that sort of past footage is is, um you know, like shot on a video camera. So it's all like shaky and shitty looking. And then for what random reason, it just cuts to normal style camera shooting. Like, they, yeah, I remember that they couldn't maintain that found footage look for the entire past scenes. So they just they just stop doing it and, and then it's just regular camera shoots. It doesn't it, it's it's nonsense. But the when they go back into you know I mean, sorry, not back into when you're when they show the the present day and the 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 mo- the parents of these two kids that go missing in Mexico are, are getting together and they're having dinner. And you're like, why why are they having dinner together? That doesn't make any sense. Why would you have dinner your kids are missing in Mexico? And you're like, well, let's just have a nice meal. And the sister's like, this is bullshit. You know, nobody's uh paying attention to this. These kids are gone, and nobody's upset about it. One of them shows back up, and they're not even excited. They're like, oh, he's here. Where's the yeah, other? Yeah,
2: that's what I, I remember. I'm like, they're not even excited that this, <laughs> their child is bad. They're not at all.
0: They don't care. And then there's a random scene where the sister makes out with her brother. And he touches her titty. Huh? Oh yeah, it doesn't make sense, but it happens. <laughs> and then there's shotguns, and Pinhead comes out. I don't even know what like. Pinhead how looks like
2: a baby, like a like a like a baby, just put on Pinhead's body. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a, a big.
0: The kid's skinny, but he's got a big, yeah. chubby face, like huge squirrel
2: cheeks. I just don't understand why the head. It just bugged me because you could tell it's dumb. Because they have two different people playing Pinhead, and that's the one gripe I have with this. The major gripe. It's just, it's just so bad. Yeah. So that covers the
0: entirety of the Hellraiser's release so far. But, good news, we've got <laughs> Hellraiser X Judgment coming out now. Or maybe they're just calling it Hellraiser 10, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I saw this on IMDB earlier. I didn't look at it, but I just There's saw There's one
2: photo it. from it,
1: and it's just oh, a please. house
2: and a water tower.
1: Oh nice. That's fantastic. <laughs> okay.
2: I'm very excited for
1: that. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, Heather Langenkamp is gonna be in that one, but yep. uh, she must be desperate for cash. Um <laughs> and it's due out next year, apparently. Yep. So
0: Yeah, we've got a new pinhead, um Paul uh, T. Taylor. So I don't know who that is. But I do know that um that Clive Barker has said he has nothing to do with this movie. And doesn't mm-hmm. want to. And the same thing from Doug Bradley. Like, they, you know, basically just said, we don't care. This is the, the Hellraiser franchise is essentially gone. Yeah. And yet they're, they're still cranking this out. Oh my God. I just looked at the budget. They have a budget listed on IMDb. It's $500,000. Mm-hmm.
2: Which is more mm-hmm. than Revelations, because <laughs> Revelations budget is
0: Yeah, but like, I think the, the, the budget for the original Hellraiser was more than that in like 1986. <laughs> yep. I, I just – I don't know. Are they doing this again
2: to keep on the rights?
0: I believe they are. I think this is another rights grab. Like they were like, oh, we have to hold on to this. We're going to keep making shitty movie after shitty movie. Like why wouldn't they either give up the rights to some other studio who's going to actually do something good with them or invest in making a a, a I mean a, a good Hellraiser movie. You don't have to reboot it, but I wouldn't even be upset if they reboot it. I'd be like, Fine. <laughs>
2: Yeah, see, I'll, I'll, I'll take a reboot over
1: this. See, I don't even know what's going on with the Clive Barker remake because he was supposed to be remaking it as of 10 years ago.
0: Um, well, he can't get the over. rights back because this studio still still well,
1: Yeah, But it's just a fucking pain in the ass. I would rather see a Clive Barker remake than another shitty fucking Hellraiser movie. And bearing in mind, Clive Barker's not getting any younger. He is 64 now. Yeah, um, wow. So it would be... It would be kind of cool if he could do one last Hellraiser, the last hurrah, so to speak, and just say, fuck everybody else and all your shitty sequels, here's how it's meant to be done. You know, just show the kids how it was meant to be done, because I know for a fact he's gone on record and said that he really would love to do another Hellraiser. Because if they had the technology in 1986, Hellraiser would have looked a lot more, lot different I think I would have. I would rather see a reboot than another sequel. And that's saying that's a that's lot, right?
0: because I feel like you probably yeah. hate reboots and remakes, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
2: Sort of as a rule of thumb.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, you kind of have to.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: you don't have to, but there's only a select few that are actually worth rebooting. But having Clive Barker reboot it would be
1: different. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would just literally be. Him saying to everybody who's ever fucked up his characters and saying right fuck you this is how you do it, this is how it's meant to be done, and you know just get it out there because I know for a fact it'd be pretty much perfect yeah in his vision because not only not only is is he a great director he's also a great artist you know he's photographer and painter and not only that he's a fantastic writer and all you need to do is just let Clive Barker take over, come up with the perfect story, and then let give him a fucking fantastic budget as well. Yeah. Just let him do what he wants. I think that would be amazing.
2: It's still announced on IMDb as him being a writer yeah. to a reboot.
1: Yeah. Because um, I was looking at Clive Barker's website earlier on today, and uh, there was a thing on there, and it said <clears throat> as of 2006, Hellraiser with him writing, directing, and uh, producing it.
2: Yeah. It doesn't say it's a reboot, though, on IMDb. It says 27 years after the incident with Frank and Julia in the Cotton home, Kirstie Cotton returns home to attend the funeral of a close friend. And that's the oh. deal with her daughter. Uh, that'd okay. be interesting. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Kind of saying, like, you know, all the others besides one or two didn't have. <laughs> I'd be okay with yeah. that
1: that would be nice that would be nice kind of like what they're doing what we what me and ryan discussed last last time with the alien franchise
0: yeah, yeah. i mean it's it's sort of a sad state in the, in the the hellraiser um you know the, the whole hellraiser story when you look at like the other big horror franchises you know you look at the friday the 13th there hasn't been one friday the 13th that wasn't released into theaters and made a ton of money mm. same yeah. thing with nightmare on elm Street. Same thing with the Halloweens. I mean, yeah, there's bad movies and good movies in the whole stack of them. But they're all like, you know, I guess you could call them like big release horror movies. The Hellraisers just sort of drifted into this like chasm and never came back
2: up. It just kept going lower and lower and lower in terms of quality. And I I just wish they would reboot it or do a big sequel that doesn't have anything to do with direct-to-video. Because the new Nightmare on Elm Street the horrifying, horrible remake. Oh, God. The budget was $27 million, and on an opening weekend, just in USA, they did $32 million. Yeah. I mean, and then the do Hellraiser, what, the budget's 500000 Yeah, right. That's, that's not, I don't even think that's going to make it halfway back. So I, I don't understand why they're doing this when they have so much money in their hands that they're just not releasing because they just want to be greedy with it. Yeah, I think Dimension owns the rights.
0: I don't know what else they own. I don't know if they're big anymore. They used to be a much bigger company. But, I mean, maybe they're just floundering and that's all. They're holding on to whatever they have.
2: Even if they sold the rights, I think that would make more money than any of the movies.
1: Maybe if they just gave the rights back to Clive Barker, you know, that would be pretty awesome. That'd be awesome
2: for us, but not for them. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you never
0: know. See, they'll keep these movies must be somewhat profitable, otherwise they wouldn't be making them. Still, you know, that's true. I'm trying to see how much Revelations made. I'm ashamed it's... to say that I own the DVD, and uh, I'm, oh. I'm probably probably part of that profit somehow. On Hellraiser Revelations,
2: according to IMDb, the budget is only three hundred fifty thousand, which was estimated. Oh, they do not have what they made.
1: Uh, probably about three pounds. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That vinyl you were talking about earlier, probably.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. They sold that. They sold that just to make a profit. Yeah.
0: So, what would you guys say for uh, for wrapping up on this? Uh, What are your What are your final thoughts on the Hellraiser series?
1: One and two, yeah. One and two, fantastic. Three, okay. Four, a bit shit. Five, even worse. Um, Six, seven, eight, and nine, I've not even bothered with. Um, Mike <laughs> um, <laughs> I say
2: one is a must see even if you don't like horror movies this will disturb yeah. you and will creep you out and it's just a fantastic movie two I would say is one of the better uh, horror sequels to come out um, I've never really seen I mean there are out there but uh, one and two go together so well you would have to watch it back to back it's like a giant one movie uh, three was a little disappointing to me because I think it got a little goofy in the end Four, I liked more than three because it had, I think it had a better story than three did. Uh, five had a very it, – it was slow, but it had a good story and a really good ending. Six, it was all right. Seven, um, I don't think I saw seven. No, that was Oh Yeah, seven I didn't see, and then Hell World. Uh, it, was, it was really bad, and I wrote the review for that in Netflix Spotlight. I think I gave it like a three out of ten. Revelations is one of the biggest pieces of shit I've ever watched.
1: And, but I will
2: watch the next one. So, you know, there's that.
1: Uh, at least we can count on you for a good review of that one. I Mike. guess. <laughs> yeah, you're going to
2: watch it too.
1: I doubt it. No, I've been,
0: <laughs> I've been, I've been threatening Shane that I'm going to send him a copy of, uh, of Revelations just to make him watch it. I've been using it as a threat.
1: <laughs> Please, you next. know... You do. You know full well. I won't watch it. <laughs> kind of like, right, Mike? If Ryan ever offers you a copy of a film called Evil, say no. That's all I going to say? Evil, a Greek okay. horror. It's a Greek zombie film. Seriously, don't. Do I not. want to watch it.
0: Now. No, it's of the quality no, of revelation. Don't, man.
1: Seriously, don't. What was it it Ninety-six, I think,
0: um, or was it? No, it was two thousand six, something like that. Oh, yeah, never mind, I probably won't watch it. If it was made out
1: in the 80s yeah. or something. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, don't. It's in mind, really right. bad.
0: I'd never. You know what? I, I sent Shane a copy of it because somehow two of these came into my possession and I sent one to Shane. Um, <laughs> I never finished it. I never made it to the end of the movie. It's so bad. And that's from someone who's well, watched Revelations twice.
1: I watched 20 minutes of it and had to turn it off.
2: Okay, a challenge accepted.
1: No shit, shit, man. When you're sitting there and you're watching a film and a guy in a blatant Romero homage where a guy is laid on the floor and he's had his guts ripped out and he gets up and his guts fall off of his stomach and you can clearly see his stomach underneath. His belly button. (laughs) And now the makeup effects are really fucking bad. That sounds awesome. Uh, no man, seriously. Well, uh, I suppose music, you could get it.
0: The music. Oh, wait till you hear the music.
1: Oh God! It is. It's, just, it's like know.
0: this gross, um, European techno industrial, but it's it's louder than <laughs> anything else in the movie. So it's just blaring <laughs> at you, and you're like, "I hate this. Stop it." They're
2: playing I mean, it really
0: well.
1: Yeah, I love my industrial, but that was fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so anyway, yeah, uh, the Hellraiser series, I think we yeah. could, we could put we could put to rest. We'll look forward to Hellraiser ten, as I'll definitely watch it because I've seen them all.
1: Yep. Well, you guys, yeah. Bye. will uh, say you guys will, I won't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we'll and we'll see what happens. You know, maybe maybe it'll be good. You know, maybe we'll keep an open mind. But I think from the record that of the movies that we were seeing.
2: It's not going to be good. It's going to be terrible. More than yeah. likely, especially if they're just making it just to keep their rights. Yeah,
1: and, and it's going to have to have a Langen camp in it. And I do she's like her. Not being funny. Yeah, I like her. I think the last good piece of work she did was when she did the makeup effects on Dawn of the Dead. But I don't know. I might have to. Um, I'll give that one a miss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so we're going to say goodbye for today, and uh, thanks for everybody for listening. And visit the UHM site and Facebook page, and uh, you can read Mike's reviews right on the front page of UHM under the Netflix Spotlight, and you can uh, see Shane and I babbling on and on in the forum and on Facebook.
1: Yeah, also, don't forget, you can also find um, UHM on Twitter under UHM Tweet, Um, plus obviously the SoundCloud page where you will find the list of the podcasts as well
0: oh yeah that's right yeah soundcloud i I think we're still on itunes does anyone have an iphone to check that no all right no all right (laughs) so i think i think we're on there um but uh yeah look for us around and uh bye for now thank you for listening to uhm's podcast join us on facebook And please visit our main page at UpcomingHorrorMovies.com We'll see you next time.